So are you ready to get in the zone with it? I'm ready to get in the zone. Okay, this is Joe's favorite part. He likes the music. It feels like a radio show. This yes. is like his vibe. Yeah, he gets very excited. He gets very into this. <laughs> um, but all right. So, let me see if I got this right. Okay. Welcome to season two, episode eight. Was it eight, Joe? I don't know, man. You're <laughs> keeping up with that better than I am. Yeah. It's. I used to do a pod. I think I've mentioned this before, but I used to do a podcast, and I would I would host it, and I would, and every week I would announce it wrong. <laughs> every week, uh-huh. it's no point to keep track. Yeah, it was uh, terrible. So we are, man. We are really happy to uh, to be joined today by uh, Senna, uh, Senna Beckel, yes, who is uh, lightweight. Uh, no, super middleweight. Super middleweight. Yeah, lightweight is like all the way down there. It's like a hundred and um. What? 35 pounds yeah mm. so i'm so familiar with weight classes with so respect me, to mixed martial arts but not yeah. boxing yeah yeah it's it's all different like even with um mma and even with amateur and pro boxing the weights you know vary so mm. it's very easy to get confused so where, where are you at is a super middleweight yeah super which is 168 pounds 168 okay yeah. wow so, what's yeah. your walk around i walk around 175 mm-hmm. so it's it's fairly close most yeah. fights is like typically the average fighter walks around maybe 20 pounds heavier mm-hmm. but they also walk around like you know with a lot of fat and i'm like mm-hmm. working out for me is also more of a lifestyle mm-hmm. so whether or not i have a fight coming up i mean i'm going i'm going to be in the gym working out so mm-hmm. yeah, it helps keep the the fat off stay in shape you know uh-huh. and be closer to fight weight it's yeah. crazy how um people are slowly getting more conscious and aware of weight cutting and all of the things that come with it and this kind of leftover kind of the wrestler perspective of yeah you know like the harder it is like the better somehow or whatever that you know yeah this sort of earned misery uh approach it seems like uh people are starting to wise up and, and, well, and, real, and this is more of speaking from mixed martial arts from my perspective but have you been from the boxing side seeing a lot more just more intelligent cutting or oh yes yeah. i mean people um a lot of you know the very high profile pro athletes are like hiring you know like uh, specialist to help them with the weight cuts, yeah. uh, weight cuts because it's it's a very big part of boxing, and if not done properly, you could you know end up dehydrated on fight night, not fully recovered from that, and then you know that could basically determine the outcome of the fight. So um, people are taking a, a lot more serious, but it's just a whole lot easier to just stay in shape. Unfortunately, not every fighter does that, and after you know fight time, they just let their weight balloon, yeah, mm-hmm. and then it's like. Uh, come camp time it's time to start all over again right so it's like you have to hire a specialist sometimes to try to like see you through mm-hmm. but i haven't really ever had problems with um weight if anything uh, my last six fights i've had to fight at light heavyweight actually because my um, promoter had issues finding uh, opponents uh. at super middleweight so he mm-hmm. was like hey you know the the guys i'm finding are all light heavy guys and I want you to like you know actually you know just stay right around your walk around weight uh-huh. and just fight them so it was super easy to like mm-hmm. i didn't have to lose anything just walk in step on the scale and it was just a yeah. normal day for me uh-huh. yeah how did you feel when you were fighting did you feel what were the, what was the effect of carrying around a little bit of extra weight not having to do the weight cut um you don't you don't feel any kind of strain or drain uh-huh. really you you feel like you're performing at your what i think is my best you know i've all those fights where like you know i trained really hard for them i didn't feel like 
um, I was getting tired or like, you know, what happens when you cut too much weight and you don't recover in time? It's like, yeah, you definitely, you know, don't have the same level of strength. Mm-hmm. And as the, 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 the longer the fight goes, you know, the more tired you become, you're not quite as fast as reflexes. You don't, your senses don't quite work as quickly. That seems but, to, um, that's gotta be the most dangerous thing because your, your brain is trained probably for timing and, and things that are based on perf- like you performing at your normal level. And if that, if there's a, a lag, yes. milliseconds of lag, yes, I would imagine that that really starts to show up quickly is like oh i'm not actually you know yeah you're not like fully you know like yeah you're not with yourself fully and unfortunately yeah it happens a lot more like often than not where fighters you know cut too much you know i mean originally the whole idea was to like cut a lot and then go in stronger than you know your opponent but Uh some people take it to the extreme and then you know it's like it becomes um a problem for them so mm-hmm. yeah but they, they want to cut so much weight that it's like going up and beating up on people's little brothers or something <laughs> you know they want to be the huge yeah, the yeah. But, but sometimes you know like i also want them like okay like why can't we all just it's it's but it's like um everyone wants to be the best but i'm like okay why can't we all just like you know agree that okay like you know we uh let's fight at this weight and let's all just you know make it safe as opposed to like you know two guys that are like 200 pounds and they're both like you know struggle so mm-hmm. much to come down to like 165 just to go 165 <laughs> and then go it's crazy yeah just some sort of natural almost like a gentleman's agreement or something yes. where it's like hey guys like let's we'll vote 200 yeah. pounds let's just win at 195 and then mm-hmm. fight but i mean it is what it is it's how it's been for years and i guess it's always worked um you know and it's part of the whole competition you know mm-hmm. it's like yeah it's competition every step of the way from you know training to the weight cut you know even like man games mm-hmm. doing the press conferences and whatnot mm-hmm. so it's it's a complete like you know uh complete competition from start to finish yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. well you know we we just dove immediately into this all this talk of training and one of the reasons why you uh are a perfect guest for the show is because you are a fighter you're also an artist we're going to talk about your novel before we're done here today <laughs> yes um uh, mm-hmm. but you're also our neighbor in the sense that you um i don't actually even know where you live in nashville but i know that you're training right here in west nashville where we record yes. the show so tell us about where you're training at so I, I currently train at the Boston Resource Center, mm-hmm. and I, I think she chose the perfect name for that place because she's, you know, um, the owner, Christy Halbert, she has over 20 years of experience amateur boxing. Mm-hmm. She went with the um, USA boxing team, Olympic team to London, mm-hmm. and um, it was actually the, the um, she was head of the uh, the women's team, and the women's team ended up winning, um, I think, two medals, one gold medal. Clarissa, her first, Clarissa yeah. Shields, her first gold. Right, and she was yeah. head coach from of Flint. the female. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm from Michigan originally. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, I know who she is. <laughs> so, so, so the men didn't win anything. And that was the first time they didn't win anything in years. So I, for me, I think that was really like an awesome uh, achievement. And for now, I think, you know, she um, provides, you know, some uh, consultation, you know, services. And every now and then she goes up to Colorado where, you know, the USA Olympic team is, um, is housed. Mm-hmm. So she's like tremendous resource like you know and um i originally asked her to be part of my team when uh i went over to boxing resource center and she and she declined because she felt like um she didn't have the time to Mm -hmm. she wouldn't have the time to like you know uh, make an input mm-hmm. but then as time went on I, and i think a part of that is because a lot of pro boxers aren't very serious mm-hmm. and 
they act like they want it or they want to be there. And it's it's true for most boxers anyway. And you know, they give you that illusion that okay, I'm gonna be there and then like once you commit they kinda like, you know, they show up when they want to, they're not always mm-hmm. there. And um but once you realize that okay, like, you know, I was coming in every day, mm-hmm. um, she you know, she started she came on board, she she brought in more like innov- innovative ways to train. Mm-hmm. We worked on things from, you know, not only the physical aspect but from our mind. And um, she's actually, for the first time, started coming out to some of the pro fights. And she, you know, as far as I know, she hadn't been to the pro fights in years. Mm. So, like, she would, you know, she, uh, I, I was amazed. She would, like, she would actually go home and tap out everything, like, on a computer. Like, things mm. that she noticed that I did right, I did wrong, things that I could have done better. You know, like, different strategies I could have used. And mm. then what to do in future fights. So, um her her input to my um training ever since i've been there has been like tremendous Mm -hmm. and you know just the encouragement from her it makes me want to grow so it's like i don't get complacent and um i'm still waiting for my big shot but in the meantime you know i um i do something every single day that you know will 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 make it um easier for me to grab the opportunity when it comes Mm -hmm. so do you think that it's something where i mean there's all these different opinions there's sort of uh, philosophies about being prepared and ready for opportunity and how that is luck or you know all these yeah. various sort of considerations that people are probably always swimming in yes um, I guess I'm just curious like it seems to me that a lot of things like this in life work this way where it's sort of like almost like if you let it go then it will yes it will, it will come work to out. you yes um, do you feel like that you've since you're living this this sort of discipline in this in this life in this way and it's obviously driven by a passion that you're not looking or demanding other people to get in front of you and clear the way you're yes. just doing yes um do you feel, do you feel like that that's maybe more the place that you are are with uh in the yeah. whole thing or I mean, i'm i'm sure I, and, i'm sure and, you have lingering expectations or hopes yeah, right yeah. yeah i understand uh, where you're going and it's like for and me i'm not saying like what, no. do you, what are you gonna do if you don't make it it's, yeah, yeah. you're no, gonna no. Make, you're gonna yeah make no it. i completely yeah. understand but there's <laughs> also there's it. also yeah. like you know you have to consider that it, it's a it's a possible outcome so you have to consider that and I do consider that it's as scary as it sounds you have to consider it but then like with me and the way I've worked so far I believe that if you like you know keep your head down and just keep working eventually like I'm I'm a firm believer in like hard work you know and and just everything coming together to help you and I I believe that meeting Christy you know like coming out here into Nashville meeting Christy and working with her and the manner in which she's helped me is also a part of the universe trying to help me and get me ready you know Mm -hmm. for that stage Mind you, I I lived in um I lived in Las Vegas for mm-hmm. a year, mm-hmm. and I was around some of the best, um, well, in quote best trainers, you know. Uh-huh. And um, tell us some of the people uh, you trained with. I'm aware yeah, this. I was, was going to ask uh, you about that. Yeah, there was Rafael <laughs> Ramos, who's like who trains a lot of the Floyd Mayweather fighters. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kofi Jantua, he's actually from my uh, from Ghana, we're from the same country, and uh-huh. he's trained some of the really good fighters back there. And um, um these guys were all great you know like they knew their their stuff but i also realized that hey i was like lacking a bit of the fundamentals and these guys mm. at that stage are not going to like work with you on like you know setting things fundamentally they're just looking to get you ready for fights and mm-hmm. they know what to tell you when you're in the corner but if you're looking to develop yourself as I a see. fighter so i had to like you know choose between staying there and you know living under the illusion that hey i'm a 
you know i'm, I'm among greats you know mm-hmm. as, as opposed to moving somewhere where i could actually like work on my craft and get better so mm-hmm. it was it was a really hard decision for me to make and i wasn't really happy in vegas anyway mm-hmm. so um I, i'm not sure that i could live in, in vegas yeah, it was, but it depends on what you're doing <laughs> yeah. well being a boxer it's not as bad but it's it's yeah. But I had to make the decision and uh-huh. come in here. You know, it changed everything. I, I, I um, got a whole new insight into boxing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought I was good before, and I'm. I know that. You know, I hope that. You know, two years from now, three years, I look back and go like, oh, I thought I was good before. <laughs> you know? When I was on that podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. so it's like I've learned so much. Like mm-hmm. I've come to understand it from. So so many like different perspectives and mm-hmm. and um one of the greatest things that also helped me was um the fact that i had to teach boxing classes to make a living at some point mm-hmm. and then it's like because i, I was actually in, in a contract and uh, bad contract management issues i i couldn't get out of it and um and i i wouldn't take money from them also so i had to make you know ants meet and then i started training people and until then i didn't really want to train anybody it was all about just focusing on me in the gym mm. but then when i started to train people i realized that you know like i started to see things different things that i thought i already understood i saw them differently plus mm. i had to learn more to be able to teach more you uh-huh. know so like it just opened this whole new world where i was like reading more books about boxing and mm. it was just giving me like you know new things to look at just completely different perspective mm-hmm. and um and till this day i'm like okay i'm not gonna stop so i still do a lot of that you know uh-huh. i even if i i don't think it's you know it's even if i think i'm like i'm above that level it's I a still, valuable part of the yes, complexion of what you're doing i I, yeah, I, right. I will watch or listen and you'll almost always find something that you learn from that so mm-hmm. that is what you know, coming to nashville you know has helped me um achieve and and i've been to camps like in houston in las vegas at, since i've been here and I realized that I'm so much better. Like, I go in the ring with <laughs> these awesome. guys. And, I mean, sparring situations are always different from fight situations because there are so many variables that change. You don't wear headgear. Uh, you have smaller gloves on. You know, the crowd, the light. Yeah. But just based off, you know, having trained you and going back there, it's, like, such a big improvement. These guys cannot even hang. Mm-hmm. So, it's, like, and th- but this is also just sparring. Mm-hmm. So, I feel like, you know, I've improved tremendously. And I yeah. feel that when the time comes for me to perform under the lights you know yeah it'll be just more of that or, yeah. so you need to have i guess it sounds like what you're saying is like you, you're you've been reconciling the idea of, of wood shedding and just getting your your craft together as yes. much as possible and then meanwhile in vegas there's this sort of conveyor that's ready whenever yeah. you're ready to step into exactly. preparing for a exactly. fight exactly and so but what that means is that you've situationally got to balance that or manage that in some way to yes. figure out where am i supposed to be Right at any now. point in time, yeah. yeah. At, at this point in time, it's probably best for me to also be in that environment. But I also have a management team here now that's um, that's kind of uh, directing my career right now. And I know they have my best interest at heart. Mm-hmm. So I feel like being Great. the fighter that I am and then, you know, uh, being as confident as I am, I feel like I'm ready to take on anybody in the world. And if like, I got a, a, a title call today, I feel like I'm ready. Uh-huh. But they also have their own they they see me as like it, it's basically an investment i'm an investment right. to them so they want to protect the investment yeah you know, it's just like i make this analogy and i'm like okay like it's like climbing up a ladder you know you want to go like 
step by step each rung you know and if you try to go too fast and you slip you slide all the way down mm. and i think that's what they're trying to avoid like they right. don't want me to like take a step too a big step too soon and right. then it's like you fall and then it sets you back years unfortunately that's how boxing is so right yeah so. the thing with it, like mma is is like known for being exactly the opposite like they're they they're really a lot of people including the fighters and their management oh, teams yeah. are like can't we please like build this fighter over yes. a 12 15 fights before yeah. we throw him to the sharks yeah know? but it, but it has to do with i guess mainly it just has to do with there's not as many people doing the mma yeah. thing as there's the boxing thing yeah. or you got people like Joanna who yeah. went you know, losing the same person twice. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then just win one sort of. Uh, and then you're back. <laughs> fight and they're a superstar. Yeah. Yeah. There's not enough crazy. people. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, let me just let me just sort of like uh, like bring some context to this. So you're talking about training people here in Nashville. You and I were introduced through uh, Brandon Donahue, who's yes. our, our mutual friend. Yes. Who uh, Brandon is, you know, one of our our great artists here in Nashville, and he also trains boxing with Senna. Yes. And um uh and we were talking about actually having both you guys on here for. people people who are following what Brandon's up to right now. He's very busy. He's had ex- exhibitions like almost every month it seems yes. opening up. Um, uh, and um, and he was generous enough to just put us in touch with you and we're glad to have yes. you on the show. But here's my question, okay? Yes. After all this stuff, okay? Yes. You, uh, you were originally born in Ghana, yes. Africa, right? Yes. Then you uh, have trained at some of the best gyms in the United States. Yes. How did you come to Nashville? Like, why did Nashville, why was that the place you wanted to be? So, um, when I arrived in the U.S., um, the, the first, the guy who brought me here, he, he of course, his intentions was to, um, his intentions were to manage me, uh, but um, we we had a falling out, and, mm-hmm. I, and the manager that I ended up signing with uh, lived um, in, um, he was out of... Um, McMinnville okay. in, in Tennessee. Uh-huh. So he um, he he set me up with coaches who lived in Columbia, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So I lived in Columbia, Tennessee for maybe six months uh-huh. uh, between September and March of um, September twenty four thirteen and mm-hmm. uh, March of twenty fourteen. And um, I trained over there. So we would come to Nashville to come spar. Uh-huh. And that's how you know I came into contact with people here mm-hmm. in Nashville, the city. So Where, I was, were you sparring at the boxing resource? Center? I was sparring at the time. I was sparring at Music City Boxing. Okay, and um, we would you know finish and one hour drive back to Columbia. Mm-hmm. So it just so happened that um, you know I, I made I established very good relations with Justin Gamba, who was the head coach at uh, Music City Boxing, mm-hmm. who later on was was my coach for a while. But and I, I learned a lot of things, you know, uh, training under him. But um, so my uh, my my coaches at the time in Columbia, Tennessee, uh, they were getting me ready for fight on um, on um, on ESPN Boxino. It was actually my first fight in the U.S. and it was my first loss, my only loss. I mean, I've won six fights since then, but I, I, the preparation was like all like you know screwed up. Training methods were all wrong, and I look back and. You know, I'm like, yeah, what was I thinking? It was crazy to go into that fight, you know, preparing in a town like Columbia. You know, we just didn't train right. Mm -hmm. So after the fight, um, I decided I wanted to do something, like to leave. And I wanted to come to Nashville, but for some reason, they didn't want me to, like, uh, train with Justin, which was weird. So I, um, they gave me options. He had somebody in Miami that I could go to. He had somebody in New York. And then there was Las Vegas where it was uh, Joseph Agbeko. I don't know if you know him. He's a three-time uh, bat- uh, bantamweight champion of the mm-hmm. world. He's also from Ghana. So we um, 
we share the same last name. A lot of people think we're brothers, but mm-hmm. we, you know we're from the same group, ethnic group in right. Ghana. So um, we um, we had already fought. I'd fought on um, on one of his cards in Ghana before coming to the U.S. So we already had a good relationship. Cool. Yeah. So it was through him that I. Um, I went to Vegas, and then, he, of course, he introduced me to everyone at the middle of the boxing gym, and that's how I started training there. So after about a year, you know, I, I wasn't very happy. Um, Jeff Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather's, um, tried to get me some fights. Floyd Mayweather's uncle, he tried to get me some fights, and mm-hmm. my management, well, they were giving me a whole lot of trouble. They, were, they weren't really very... At some point, I felt, after like, after the loss, they just wanted to cash out. So they were trying to, like, you know... S- put me in fights as an opponent and i was like dude i'm i'm like i'm way better than that i'm like plus i didn't i didn't know they probably thought okay this is just another kid from africa you know mm-hmm. we we can just make money off this him is the latter exactly yeah, yeah, and i was like no i'm not gonna fall yeah. for that like yeah. they tried to get me like a fight that was gonna pay like thirty five hundred dollars and i was mm-hmm. like dude like they're paying thirty five hundred dollars how much are you the manager you're gonna take thirty percent by the time you take that it's like there's nothing left and i'm mm-hmm. fighting the guy in his hometown on his promoter's card i'm gonna have to knock him out to win yeah. and like this is not like this is not a good plan and he's like well it's good let's go for it and i felt like he was my manager you know and i was like okay i'll go for it and then halfway through camp uh jeff comes to me and is like hey we have a fight a ten thousand dollar fight in canada with a, a guy who had like you know comparable experience you know mm-hmm. to me and there were two titles on the line now ten thousand dollars and two titles on the line like we both would make more money and i mean there were two titles on the line it, yeah. it was a no-brainer like come on like let's just go for that but he for some reason he said no we're taking the mm-hmm. fight in chicago that's paying 3500 so it was then that i knew that okay this guy had you know was kind of some back deals he didn't yeah. want me to like know about yeah but even then i still like kind of was like okay well um if you think that um you know this fight is better we'll go with it and then halfway through camp like i, I was sparring and i threw a right hand you know hit the wrong side of the head and little fracture mm-hmm. my hand swelled up and i called them about it send them photos and everything and then next thing they're like well the fight still has to go on and mm-hmm. i'm like dude my hands hurt and like they wouldn't even like you know let me see a doctor they're like it will just um if you agree to take the fight we'll send you some money cortisone shots the fight is still going on <laughs> and that's when i knew that okay these guys didn't have my back so yeah. at the time i still had two years uh, like two and a half years on the contract and that's when i just like i was like okay you guys don't have my interest at heart um, you don't have my best interest yeah so i stopped taking any money from them like monthly stipend whatnot and then i i basically cut all ties so i remember my manager was he he was in vegas the night that i flew out and then he was trying to reach out to me he wanted me to have dinner with him and talk to him about stuff but mm. i mean the, come on this guy was like just trying to like rope me back in yeah so i just I actually left vegas on the very last day of 2014 uh. and then arrived here in the night uh mid uh new year's eve and uh, fun yeah new year's eve new the s- night of new start yeah, new start. So 2015, uh, 1st uh-huh. of January started out here in Nashville. And I, I can, it's, I mean, obviously I'm still here. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's clearly the Something's best. Something's working. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, that's so, wonderful, man. So, yeah. So tell me more about, tell me more about Ghana. Because I, 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 I do know that I love a lot of music that comes out of that, 
that Ga- part of the world. Ghana is is very obviously like I mean I I feel like the more volatile places that where you always hear stuff coming from, but it's such a quiet, peaceful area that nobody really ever hears anything you know anything about Ghana because there's nothing to report. The news outlets only <laughs> reporting the crazy stuff. But Ghana is like has we probably have the most hospitable people. Every Ghanaian you meet is like you know really nice and sweet. Um, there are, of course, all all of us are different. Nigerians are more like you know aggressive. They, they, yeah, they're, they're like they're like the New Yorkers of exactly <laughs> like they, they are they're, they're the hustlers. You know? We're kind of like we're just laid back, chill, and, so and you're like the Southerners. Yeah, exactly. Like laid back and chill. Yeah, and we're very welcoming. Yeah. You know, we um would would. Uh, sometimes I almost feel like we treat guests better than we treat our own. You know, that's the kind of people we are, unfortunately. But I guess, well, for some people, that's a good thing. So, yeah. and it's, um, we don't have the safaris and all of that, but we have a few, you know, like uh, attractions here and there that uh, natural, you know, um, attractions that you can come to Ghana and see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really, really want to go. There's so many places I want to I want to go to Ethiopia really badly. I want to, there's so many places. I gotta figure this out. Yeah, I want to go to. <laughs> there's so many places on my list too that I want to yeah. go to, but we'll see. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's awesome. So, you know, it's funny because we, you know, we talk to people all the time uh, from all different realms. But I just love how I don't. Well, I don't enjoy people suffering, but I, <laughs> I really am compelled or interested by the. It seems like the same dynamics are always in play. Yeah. Um, whether you're, um, if you're a an artist uh, dealing with a record label yes. or you're you know just wherever craft meets uh commodification so, yes it just wherever that overlap is and then all like the dirty paths that you have to sort of sort out and the and, you know and I, I would imagine it's just it's one thing for an artist or somebody to be like well these people don't really understand my my work or what i'm trying to convey like that's right. that's very important and i get it and that's real totally different thing when it's like your physical health and well-being and yes. and with you know very real consequences uh happening or potentially happening you know the loyalty that you i would imagine require unless yes. you just don't care which i'm sure there's some people that are just cautioned the wind and they just don't think that much about what they're doing but it seems like you know you're incredibly thoughtful about it and it's it's interesting because you the the amount of trust and loyalty that you need in order to feel like you want to fight for for someone and mutually invest yeah. time and energy with someone is a lot but at the same time you have these uh, natural breaks or fragmentations of your process where it's like and then i realized that i you know was done with this time or this location or these people or these arrangements and it's not necessarily always a a bad falling out sometimes but sometimes it's just sort of understanding like any relationship you have where you're like well i think we've kind of done yes all the things grow you know differently Yeah. yeah yeah and so i just think it's it's just really interesting to see like the the outline of that struggle um and how it relates to to fighting because that's just that's a whole i i can't imagine being in that in that situation yeah, yeah. Where you, when you're telling me like you know taking pictures of my fractured knuckle or whatever and, yeah and people being like ah you know walk, you're good walk it <laughs> off <laughs> yeah we're gonna like inject you cortisone it's like you don't care like i could go in there and then it would like you know break up into a 
a few more pieces yeah. you know yeah but it was it was a very hard time in my life it, uh, because i was staying in the gym i was training just as hard anyway but it was a time that i probably also needed because again like i said i thought i was good before and then like you know during that period i grew so much and then mm-hmm. there were periods where like i was invited to like training camps with world champions and uh, you know all throughout that process i i you know i found my confidence again and it made me realize that i was so much better than you know i like gave myself credit for thought i was you know and it just helped me build that confidence so when when it was when the contract ran out finally ran out you know there were people that were like hey you know and people that would come watch me spar and then they were like you know you you look like uh, world championship material and we want to help you get there. Mm-hmm. So, for the, I mean, I fought six times in the last year, and and even though I haven't fought in the last what four months, I'm still grateful f- to have fought six times. Yeah. When mm-hmm. you know previously I hadn't fought like any in three years. You uh-huh. know, so it's right. I, I while just, you were waiting out your contract and yes, all that stuff. Yes. Yeah. So I'm just really um, you know, super grateful for yeah. the situation that I find I found myself in. It's also taught me to be patient. And even though I want it so bad, I, I'm just kind of like just taking it one day at a time and making mm-hmm. sure that every single day I'm doing something that contributes to, you know, that the attainment of the goal. So mm-hmm. every single day. And I don't let, I try not to. I mean, we're humans and sometimes, you know, we slip, but I try not to like um, fall short. Like mm-hmm. every day I wake up, most days I'm up at 3.30 a.m. Just mm-hmm. like combining. You and Brian are the only two people up at that God, hour. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. I don't do 3.30 and I'm not you know, doing anything valid like what he's doing. Speaking of Brian. Uh, How early do you do it? Oh, you're talking about. Oh, you're talking about the other. I'm talking about no, you. you. How, how oh, early do you get up? Oh, you tell me you like yeah. to get up early. I like to get up about five or five thirty. Okay. But yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. know, for creative types, that's that's a lot. I feel know. like that's <laughs> also like <laughs> Mike, Michael downstairs and I were talking yesterday, and he he's he gets he gets up early too. So there's others. There's yeah. other us, of us. Um, <laughs> I feel like that is uh, best. Well, for me, that mm-hmm. is the best time yeah. to be like really. Like what do you, that's when what you're do you do when you're up at three thirty? What do you do? So like for now though, it's like I'm getting up, just getting ready. So I have to like you know get my uh morning you know ready i get, I get my meals ready eat mm-hmm. and then get ready i have a client that i train at 4 a.m oh wow so okay. i train i have a four a five a six and a seven wow and then i train myself for a couple hours uh-huh. and then i may go to the ymca do some more strength and conditioning drills and then come back and then train more people so uh-huh. it's like no that's, nap um sometimes i get like breaks during the day and yeah. then i go take a nap like like today for example um i'm uh, when I leave here, I mean, this would have been like free time that I would have had. But when I leave here, I have another client at uh, five to six, uh-huh. and then um, and then I have um, training, strength and conditioning at the Brentwood Academy mm-hmm. from that's maybe, you yourself are yes, going to be training from about six thirty to yeah. eight thirty. Uh-huh. So it's like it's constantly like, and, and it's it's for me. I feel like I'm uh, I feel I'm lucky and blessed. I get to train people and sustain myself yeah. that way, and then I stay in that gym environment. So it's easy for me to work twice, work right. out twice or more a day, mm-hmm. as opposed to like you know if I like I had some regular job and it's like you have to you know go from there and then go into the gym environment and sometimes it's, I've, yeah. I've done different all. lives yeah. i've done everything yeah. like i've worked dex jobs here in the u.s yeah i've worked like moving jobs here in the u.s mm-hmm. where like i i wake up in the morning i would wake up at four mm-hmm. and then go to the gym mm-hmm. and then go get my work done and then go and move heavy stuff all day mm-hmm. and then have the driver drop me up right at the gym and then mm-hmm. go from 
you know the truck right into the gym yeah like, i've had deck shops and you know it's funny though like people think that like just because i'm like sitting in front of a computer all day i um like it doesn't take anything away from you but uh, back when it's I exhausting. did that yeah. that was like the worst it was like <laughs> when I get back to the gym I, I don't feel like doing anything I right. just want to rest you preferred like, moving furniture exactly <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's so funny I love yeah. that, that whole bit where it's like somebody that's so you know trained and in shape and everything next to like other people in these cubicles in some office and, yeah and like all the people that are just doing what Joe's doing here just chugging coffee they're like yeah. just chugging coffee they're, they're fine that and is, then the that guy is, that's like totally in shape ripped ready to fight yeah. people he's just like I'm gonna die yeah actually very like yeah it's and I get back to the gym and I just want to rest but I've, these are all things but but then again also all through my life I've had to do that like I actually started boxing right when I started college so mm-hmm. it's like I had to train twice a day so it meant getting up at four and then I, at the time I even had a job so I would get up at uh, four I had to be in school by 7.30 and this, you're so, still in Ghana at that time is that right? yeah Ghana okay. yeah, so yeah, yeah. like I would uh, get up at one and then I had a job it was a, a, a three hour job so from two to uh, two to five and then I'd get off and then go from there straight to the boxing gym and then work from whatever time like I got there maybe 5.30 to mm-hmm. like maybe 7.30 or mm-hmm. 8 sometimes so I did that throughout like my college um, life mm-hmm. and then I turned pro halfway through college so it's like it's like it's been the story of my life up until this point I felt like that period prepared me for this where it's like even though like I have all these things I have to do to uh-huh. sustain myself in the meantime I can still like get up and then you know go do what I have to do and still train yeah and and in hopes of you know getting that shot one day that's going to change everything to where i, I can sustain myself 100 mm-hmm. percent on just boxing right you know so. what did you now before you came to america like let's talk a little bit about the belts you were winning in ghana yes. like because people just like just like it's it's great for us to understand you know that the boxing resource center is this amazing place according to somebody who's trained at the best yes. places in the country yes but you're you're uh you know uh making a place for yourself in american boxing but you're coming from a place of you know the highest heights back in Ghana. Yes. So in, in Ghana, I mean, it was it was a pretty awesome experience. Um, you know, like from one to to mention that, um, like um, in in Ghana, a lot of the boxers don't make it past high school, even sometimes to high school. We have junior high school and senior high school, and a lot of them don't make it to that point. But here was I, and a lot of my if my first coach didn't think I was serious because he was like, okay, this guy is going to college. Like, what makes him want to box? Like, mm-hmm. what's the motivation? <laughs> so he even like he didn't think that you know I was that serious because he mm-hmm. was like, oh, this guy's just like flirting with this thing. He's gonna go, and then at some point he was like, oh, this guy's really serious, you know. So um, I did that for um, I, I did that, and then um, of course. Um, it worked out well you know i i found that i was really good at it so it it um and then being in um journalism school all my friends were like were like i, I hang out with friends who were hosting like celebrity shows and like yeah, yeah. radio programs and whatnot so they were like wow you fight you punch people in the face <laughs> and people punch you in the face they were fascinated so like i got so much exposure and uh-huh. eventually when i graduated i became like the first boxer ghanaian boxer to have graduated with uh you know like a degree so it, was, like, <laughs> yeah. it made like it kind of um like i was in the newspapers it's and a story. whatnot it's a good story. and and um and i got a lot of attention and then of course i want i want um the ghanaian middleweight title 
which meant I was the best in the country. And for me, that was a huge achievement because I came from an area where like people didn't even give me a chance. And mm -hmm. I, I guess, you know, it's always been about overcoming struggles. Like even when I was younger, I was like the weakest of all my friends. And when I went away to boarding school in high school, I, I, I would use that time away to like work on like building my strength. And eventually I became the strongest of the pack. Mm -hmm. And even in Ghana, I wasn't respected as a boxer. I, I mean, be, until I won the titles, like people were like, man, this guy's coming from like, like what was considered a privileged yeah, area they're right. like um he's just like why should we even like consider him and then like mm -hmm. i was knocking out some of their guys and they still wouldn't give me credit yeah eventually i won the titles and then now i decided like putting my name you know in there and then i won the west african super middleweight title and then <laughs> all awesome, of a sudden man. all these guys that were like this guy isn't worth anything didn't want to fight me so it was at that point that i had to make the decision to stay in my comfort zone because I was I was doing great and the company that I worked for it was a drilling company so and the owner he he was a great man I mean he's he is a great man he helped me so much and he was willing to help me grow in this company and you know like possibly get a good position in there make a lot of money mm -hmm. because that's what they did made a lot of money yeah. <laughs> but um I had dreams for myself you know boxing so when I graduated he was like uh, I told him about, you know, the impending trip to the U.S. And he was like, if that's what you want to do, you can go pursue that. So um, I had to, I mean, I had like a, I had a pretty like, you know, super easy. It was a good life and mm -hmm. everything was set for me to like um, live a very comfortable life. But that's I the just, scariest thing of all in yes, a lot of ways, right? Yes. And like, but when I, you see that laid out, you're like, oh, there's the path. But I also wanted like, you know, a, a shot at my dreams and yeah. I'm a firm believer in going for that. And I mean, it didn't hurt that it was the U.S. of A. that I was coming to. I yeah. Mean, who doesn't want to come to the U.S. of A.? So <laughs> I was leaving a lot behind. It's nice to you say that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was, I, was leaving, I was leaving a lot behind, but I was also um, very well aware of the possibilities if my dreams came true. And today, that's what I'm, I'm you know, still um, pursuing. And, and I, I left so much behind for this. And that's mm -hmm. why it's so hard for me to like, look at anything else and that's why right. even though like i was in a bad country for three years i didn't get comfortable and go like you know i might as well get you know a simple job and try to make things work i'd feel like if a failure with anything else like i don't care how good that is i came here for this and i want to make it work so <laughs> that's why and i believe that with of course with hard work and then um just dedication doing what you're supposed to do every day eventually it'll come together and and that's why I'm still on this path. So, right. so when you when you um, do you watch a lot of uh, film on your own fights? Mm. Yeah, I watch a lot of film on um, like different fights. I watch I watch I watch my own just to look at um, mistakes that I may have made or things that I did well that I need to improve on. And um, but I watch a lot more like other people, sure. greats before me. Uh -huh. You know, like yeah. uh, I learned from different fighters, and um, I know that you can't really copy someone's style and be you know great with it. You can't be more successful than they have been because that's their style. You have to make your style. Mm -hmm. So I just try to pick little things from all the greats, things that have worked really well for them, mm -hmm. and then I put it together. So who do you yeah. who do you like to look at? Um, I like to look at Floyd. 
Mayweather also likes to look at Lomachenko, Vasily. He's one of the, you know, he's he's also very smart. He he trains kind of like uh, exactly the way that Chris, some of the techniques that he uses. Uh-huh. I mean, he's already at that level, so it's like people right. get to see and it. And he but, can dance. But a lot of that right. is what Christie. And what do they like, call him? The Matrix, right? So people yeah, who Matrix, don't know who yeah. this fighter is, he's literally called the Matrix because he's moving in these dimensions yes. other fighters can't access. Yeah. So <laughs> some of these things are what like Christie and I have been working on, like the same training techniques, methods he used. So I also try to, I have my own training methods where like I incorporate these things. I have like a, a shadow boxing bag rounds that I like, mm-hmm. you know, do every day. And I have like specific drills that I want to master that I, you know, I practice every single day. So I watch these guys and I pick things that I think are beneficial, mm-hmm. but I don't like go 100% like I want to look like him. No, I just right. pick point. You're not from adopting here. their persona exactly. or something. Right. So yeah, it's yeah. like in the process, I'm yeah. trying to create my own um, style. Mm-hmm. And, and so far it's worked for me. Like it's as of now I can say that at least like you know I've, I've been to Houston and camp it was more of the same over there and over here it's really impossible to even like it's near impossible to get anybody to agree to step in the ring with me because it's like I've, I've just grown so much I'll and, do it but for, <laughs> but for a price <laughs> Brian. Oh, will the price be worth it <laughs> if, if I make it through yeah, yeah so That's I'm just I'm just um, really hoping that some you know it's always different sometimes what happens in the gym and what happens on the big stage there's so many like I said so many different variables that come to yeah, play yeah it's, it's always it's the same like if you're a, a musician or a theater person or whatever it is whatever your creative thing is you have like man we were doing like in rehearsals we had it all down it was all flowing and 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 you could hear everybody it's based on a lot of external variables that you just take for granted you know like that we because you're in a controlled environment where you can hear you know very well so maybe for fighting it's sort of like i can't hear my coach anymore or Mm, exactly you know these other little things and so it's amazing how like the performance time of something the lights all the things it's not about your your vanity or something it's just more about like the functional yeah. difference between a controlled environment that you're optimizing and then all of a sudden this is the real world this yeah. is just something very, I love that I think that's one of the neatest feelings that I've ever had you know like just you know you know you're playing some big show or you're doing some something that kind of feels very beyond you or something that's mm-hmm. very you, a lot of people are focused on what's happening yes. and that feeling where you're because I used to play a lot of drums for about 20 years oh wow and so like you just get to that point where you just feel like you're levitating like yes. there's that flow state thing yes, you know where it's state. just like I'm I'm watching myself and I'm able to sort of observe things going on in the crowd or these things like I'm all of a sudden have all this bandwidth or attention to so many things but I'm because but it's actually because I'm performing the way I'm supposed to yes so yes. I, I, I wonder how that is with uh, I, I wouldn't recommend that you take no. a look into the crowd or see what's going on oh, yeah. but I mean, <laughs> please don't take your eyes off people like anything. Floyd do that you know like they're so well of the environment that you know they can hear what the commentator sitting right there ringside is saying and like he, there's been like cases where he stopped like and then just looked over and corrected something that they said <laughs> like that's just I, I, I want to like I, I aspire to that level of like just calmness relaxation right. in the fight and I think that was also like part of my underwent in my first fight here like I was so tense like those there was all this noise going on in my head that really wasn't like a part of the reality you know and I made it worse my corner made it worse you know the way an experience at that level and they tried to make it a bigger deal than it was mm-hmm. and it just made me like burn myself out right. so do you, think, do you think it's also like um 
there's also the other side of it where if you if you coax yourself into and you condition yourself to be super relaxed and you know yeah, loose and everything then you start too slow or you you i think there's a healthy balance and yeah and i think that at that level there's just so much going on that you can never really start too slow i think that it's always fighting against the anxiety and the right that's the know, real enemy huh? yeah that's the real enemy so it's like you you i don't think you can get too relaxed at any point you yeah i don't think you can get it's too a fight relaxed. Yeah, it's a fight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly, you're gonna, you're, yeah. you're gonna be re- you're gonna yeah. be excited. Yeah, yeah, of course, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Really quick. So, so we were just we were just diving into all this like creative flow state talk and all this talk about like you know in, analogies to music and performance of all kinds. Um, and I and I you know we've got a little bit of time left, and I do not want to let you get away without talking about the fact that you know you, we just talked about you being in starting boxing in college in Ghana that you were studying journalism. Yes, and right. you've written a novel somewhere in the yes. midst of this whole all this stuff you been doing you just took the time to crank out a novel yeah for that for (laughs) that year he got up at 2 (laughs) a.m well yeah Yeah. so actually the whole thing started in vegas at a point at point in time when i was really like you know i i I don't want to say depressed but i was really like i wasn't really happy disillusioned yes after you left the management contract and we're waiting so it was was a period where i had a lot of time on my hands but i would like i only it was strange that's why i was like 330 around that era time that's like the creative that's when i'd wait like i'd uh, be up and then just write a lot so when i moved to nashville actually like everything i i just kept started everything I, I never touched it until like um last year and then it was there was just this period where i just felt like i, I started to feel really good about myself i think it was really also because the contract was about to end and during that period it was just like i was just grinding through every day and i wasn't very happy but towards the end of the contract i felt i started to feel like more purposeful again and then i had this app that i downloaded also a super helpful pep talk where they have a lot of (laughs) motivational stuff one new motivational quote every day it's pep talk it's great like Uh, it's what's it's called pep talk yeah pep talk okay cool uh, (laughs) yeah so it's like it's it also helped me because it gave me purpose every day like i'd go run and you know listen to you know all the motivational speakers talk you know and and it just gave me a new you know sense of purpose and i i i wrote it and you know there were a lot of challenges you find out that okay like it's not that easy to like you know try to get you know these publishers try to publish and even if like you know they accepted your submissions it would take like something it takes up to eight months to a year eight months to a year for you to even get your work out and there's no guarantee that it's even like you know gonna be like it there's just so many variables that right. can affect it so i was like hey i might as well go ahead and self-publish and even that like you know it's like there's so many obstacles so many costs here and there you have to hire different people mm-hmm. and oh i even lost money like i lost a lot of money in time you know like what's funny is i um i've all, i always believe in talent from ghana and and i wanted to hire an editor for my book mm-hmm. that you know was from ghana because i felt like hey i want to like you know that perspective is critical i want to give money to and somebody people, yeah yeah and somebody from ghana would understand yeah. my story better and would do a better job editing it for me and yeah. I, I i paid this woman to do this for me and she just completely like ghosted yeah exactly i was like <laughs> oh, no. it was so rude because like yeah. I, w- I waited she was like oh it'll take two months to edit and i was like fine i paid her and then 
two months i wait until two months to ask Ugh, hey what's up and then like she completely like and this this one was supposed to be like a some radio uh show big time radio show host mm. was an editor and i was surprised she didn't be so she was actually way. uh a known yeah, public kind of exactly person. exactly yeah. so i was like i was Weird. just but i let it go i'm like okay it's should whatever. we call into her show <laughs> and um i i ended should up get her on the line right so now? the lady that ended up um editing my book was actually from australia Mm-hmm. And then she, you know, she did a great job. She did a really Wonderful. good job. And then after that, I just went, you know, finished the process. And actually, like, right in writing the synopsis on, that was actually a bit lazy with that on on um, on uh, Amazon, yeah. which I probably need to get back to that. Uh-huh. But it was at a time, too, when I decided to get more into the boxing. Uh-huh. And then it was... Yeah, it was right around the time I was finishing the novel. The fights were getting busier and whatnot. Right. So I was lazy, but I need to re- revisit that. Well, the, the novel but itself. Well, well, now you have a chance yes. right yeah. now to, to give us at least something. Give us, tell us about the it's, novel so people well, know what so it is. So it's 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 yeah. it's a lot of it is just based off you know like. Uh, tell some, the title of it first. It's it's called the Masses of Voodoo. <laughs> I just it's <laughs> an right. interesting like title, but it's yeah. it's it's really about. Um, so I come from an ethnic group where, like, you know, we're very well known for voodoo. Not that I practiced any or was exposed to any, mm-hmm. but that's um, what my ethnic group is known for, especially mm-hmm. people that, you know, live within the area that we're from. Right. So I ended up going to high school in that area. And then, you know, during the time that I lived there, you know, I heard all kinds of stories, the weirdest stuff. And there were, like, you know, kids, new, uh, like, kids, you know, six and up all knew these stories you know there's a lore yeah yeah, Yeah. all these lores and some of them were just you know meant to just keep them in check you know behave act right and whatnot but i thought some of them were really interesting and then there was one particular one about a ghost uh, a ghost mother with her baby so mother and baby were both ghosts and you know if you stayed up too late they would come and then like you know like basically you would have to take over the place of the mother and like you know roam the nights with the baby so mm-hmm. it was kind of like a scary story that was told to make sure the kids went to bed early at night but it kind of like you know got my creative juices going and yeah. i was like okay so like create a scenario where okay fine so like ghost mother shows up with a baby and then somehow the baby gets left behind but it's left behind flesh and blood you know and i kind of developed the story from there and it just kind of adds blends a lot of you know the 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 belief system uh-huh. within that ethnic group. So it just it also gives an insight into. So it's, it's a real it's a real folk story that yes. you've blown up into a fictional. Yes, novel. exactly. And yeah. then it also like cool. kind of like an expose into the the lives of that uh, those small group of people. Yeah. That small That's group super of people cool. in in Ghana. So mm-hmm. if you're looking for like you know something outside of your your normal everyday like life you want to look into like you know how a certain group of people all the way back in ghana africa uh-huh. you know live their lives and the beliefs that their lives are guided by it's a great book to look into yeah that sounds and, great and some of these may not necessarily be true but it's like these people live by some of these and believe them very strongly mm-hmm. so it just gives you an insight into that side of the world and what they believe in and things like that yeah so so do you feel like that that's um so in your, in your world, are you uh, sort of, not forced, but sort of asked or encouraged to have a bit of a, uh, I'm kind of 
pulling back into the box and thinking no. just for a second. Yeah, but, please do. But just in terms <laughs> of like um, a persona or uh, this well, kind people of- people choose for themselves what they want to like portray or represent, and I feel like a lot of people are forced in that direction. For me, I just try to be myself, you know, and and keep it very simple uh-huh. and keep my eyes on the prize instead yeah. of anything else. But you also find that people that typically you know have a persona and right. are able to like. Uh, back it up in the ring you know right. tend to get ahead and make more money you, and do, I, I, you do have a nickname yeah the african assassin <laughs> <laughs> yeah because that's i mean that's what persona. i do that's what i do though that's what i do and i think i have to, to I the have, uninitiated it's I very have, confusing it's like why is he assassinating africans <laughs> no oh wait oh he's african and okay got it got it got it i do have a, i think i have quite a presence in the ring and even like at the wanes i'm yet to have uh an opponent who has talked like trash to me because i think a lot of times when they see me they're like usually very intimidated going into the fight and i think that they're also like a very pleasantly surprised when they find out that oh this guy's not an asshole he's actually nice i shake their hands you know because at the end of the day we both are pursuing the same dreams and i Mm -hmm. cannot hate another man for like you know working yeah for working and trying to get ahead just as i am so it's like we'll just you know pit ourselves you know against each other and see who has worked harder but some people need that though right they need to convert uh somebody into this force to oh yeah some people definitely and that's why we're all very different and people react differently in different situations i i'm i'm never intimidated by anything that anybody does Mm -hmm. it's like it's a show at the end of the day when we get in the ring um, the work will, sh- will will come out. The work will show. It's like mm. like Ali said. You know, the fight is won or lost. Yeah. You know, far away from all the lights and mm. everything, it's out there. You know, in the gym, on the road. That's where the fights won. So mm-hmm. when we step under the lights, it's just a manifestation of like yeah. you know what has already like taken place in the gyms or out there. So right. yes, have yeah. you had have you had fights where um, you just felt like. Uh, we talked about this a little bit before, but like Rose Namajunas talk, you know, she was talking about her fight with Yovani on Jacek, and she was talking about how the second for the rematch for the title that she had in the UFC. Yes, she just felt like she was like the whole. F- I I she won the fight, but it was she was like I was not. I had to, she said I had to think about every single thing that I did. Where usually, if I'm in the right place, this stuff just kind of flows. Uh-huh. Yeah, and she just felt like. Uh, she was a little you know a little bit slow but it was more of this mental thing where she just felt like she was hanging on every sort of step of what she was doing as opposed to just uh firing on all cylinders well it's yeah no i haven't ever seen especially after like a lot of the fights that i've been in leading up to that three-year break all kind of like a blur at this point because it, it was such a long time yeah and you know it didn't happen for me but afterwards like these last six fights it's been like you know it's been kind of smooth sailing and i mean uh, uh, there's some that i expected to knock these guys out and they held up longer but what i also learned was that i was able to like keep my calm and composure and that's something that i wouldn't have been able to do in the past so it, mm-hmm. it tells me that i've learned from you know my past experiences from my very first fight here in the u.s i've learned from that experience so it's mm-hmm. like i just kept my composure and just you know went to work so i guess it's i understand because i spar in the ring i felt like that in sparring though where you feel like you know god like today it's not nothing's quite clicking but mm-hmm. that's why you spar and do things like that in the gym because you want to feel all of that make all those mistakes in the gym so when it's fight time you know there's no reason to 
fail but again there's so many variables that come into play on the night that mm-hmm. you never really know you can only prepare you know to the best of your ability and then when you step in there you hope that you know everything goes according to plan mm-hmm. yes and then do you sleep in after a fight um, <laughs> yes i actually like, like have, six i i normally <laughs> yeah exactly no literally really though <laughs> like it, it happens that way yeah. the, i remember my very first fight um back um they were like, yeah, after the fight, they were like, yeah, we have, like, an after party at the nightclub. I was just, like, so excited that I was back and I'd won. I just went home straight to bed. <laughs> and then the next one, I was up at, like, 6. And then, you know, I went out to eat breakfast. But it's, yeah. that's pretty much been the ritual for me. Yeah. After my fights, I just go home. Big breakfast is the then, celebration the yes, day after. Yes, <laughs> And it doesn't take much to celebrate for me. Like, uh-huh. I, I just really like uh, sweet stuff. What, so. are you living on, do you live on the west side of town? So I used to. I, I lived here three years. I just recently moved a month ago to Antioch so I went oh, okay, out yeah. I went out to Houston and then um I I, I didn't know how long I was going to be there mm-hmm. for so I broke my lease out here okay at the apartment where I was in I West always say leases are meant to be broken <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so I broke it and then I went to like I lived I was in Houston in training camp and the fight I was supposed except to except for the studio thanks guys so I moved I mean, when I came back it was kind of like it was I was just trying to find something and everything was like super expensive and oh, I had yeah. a buddy at Antioch who was like hey you know I, here, I have yeah. a space no it's, it's funny because that time window the that you were gone that was when everything just <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> went nuts. It's hard to afford a place in Nashville if you're not from here. You you might not know that. Yeah, but it's, it's a very expensive place to live. Yeah, all of a sudden, it's yeah, it's super when expensive. When I first now. moved here, people mm-hmm. I would call my friends. I moved here in 1998, and I would call my friends to let them know. That's also when you called your friends. Yeah. Um, uh, Guess what my rent is. <laughs> I, would, I would do that though. Yeah. Because I had been in New York and Seattle and these places. Right. I was here and. I was like, dude, you know, I'm in it's Nashville. So cheap, I've got, right? a, I've got a house for, you know, four hundred dollars a house. Yeah, yeah, house. <laughs> yeah, and, and, <laughs> I know. But, but they would be like, but yeah, but Nashville. Yeah, like they just, yeah. No, there was nothing cool about Nashville. Right. I, 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 it's funny That's though. It was cool. I, I would tell, <laughs> I would tell my um, family and friends back in Ghana that I live in Nashville, Tennessee. And the next time they hit me, they're like, uh, did you say you live in Memphis, Tennessee? I'm like, that's in Nashville, not yeah, Memphis. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. everyone knows Memphis. You right. know? So it's like yeah, everyone's yeah. thinking Memphis, but right. nobody ever like really recollects Nashville. Right. You that's know? funny. So. so Memphis has more international clout. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. I, actually, I love it. It's got Memphis. that rock and roll clout. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> Nashville's coming up. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. it's a big city now. A lot of more people are coming in. So mm-hmm. it's only a matter of time before, you know, Nashville just goes over. Yep. Yeah. Totally. So how do we how do we um see you fight? Um. So my next uh, I'm I'm guessing the promoters are gonna put me on a show here in Nashville the next time, and I I don't know the next fight date yet, but I'll pro- I'll probably announce it on social media. So you where sh- will they have that fight at? It's most likely at the fairgrounds, or I the think fa- okay. um, they also mentioned the Plaza Mariachi, which is on oh, the cool. Road. So yeah, that might also be like another uh, option in the future. Yeah. But I'll definitely keep closer um, to home for you. Yes. Of yeah. course. I'll I'll keep every uh, one updated by my social media outlets, and also of course if there's any other one outside which i'm hoping like they mentioned a possible september 22nd date in oregon oh uh parliament but um that is still something that the promoter said he's uh trying to work on so if it works out that might be my next fight date but if not um the next fight date in in nashville which might be in october so like i said my job is to just you know stay in the gym and work hard and be prepared for the opportunity when it comes so well what we'd like to do is we have 
we sort of our audience is sort of split up generally into sort of two different camps there's sort of the ones that are um generally kind of more creative or artistic minded yes. and think that any kind of fighting is sort of barbarism yes um, <laughs> and they they question joe and i all the time about like why do you why do you enjoy this stuff yes. so much um and then the others that i think have started to get a sense over time of how we've been able to sort of marry up um the struggles in art and creativity and, and what people are doing in, in, in all aspects of combat sports. And yeah. how they actually do overlap for lots of people. Very like much. you and many other yeah. guests we've had yeah. are, you yes. know, they're, they're equally invested. Discipline, it's an art form, you know, like it requires a lot of discipline and then of course you know, a lot of honing of your craft and mm -hmm. there's a lot more art to like fighting that people think and mm -hmm. that's why a lot of like, I think MMA is, MMA is made up of all these little like um, disciplines, mm -hmm. like uh, sp uh, special specialized disciplines that that mm -hmm. come together to fund the whole but you find that a lot of people you know don't really fully master everything so it's like right it's it's i, I consider it a less refined in, in general as an mma mm -hmm. sport but the individual components of it are like you know more refined yeah, yeah. boxing is uh, an aspect of mma right and right. you see it's it's very very uh but pure refined. into itself pure, right. pure, exactly and what's the difference between mayweather and mcgregor right exactly <laughs> exactly so like there's a lot of like, i mean there's a lot of differences but that's the big one it, if it's your thing to do you're gonna find the art in it yeah you're gonna find the art and brandon and i brandon and i we um you know we've even with our workouts it's like there's a lot of creativity you know and uh, just random fact though brandon mm -hmm. is like you know he we do a lot of track work uh -huh. he still beats me in the 100 meters stuff, oh, even wow. yeah That's believe it great. or not like when it's I crazy first, when i first started talking to brandon about this and i realized that he was training boxing i was like i was like man we got a spar and then i was talking to brandon for a little bit longer and i'm like man brandon's got really big shoulders yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I don't know he's, if i want to spar with brandon he's, a, he's, a, he's, he's an incredibly fast runner and yeah. we do a lot of uh, like i have a track coach that i work with he introduced him and uh one of my buddies richard who i worked at at one point in time with he um he did both of them have helped you know transform my training uh -huh. because like they they introduced me to a whole new aspect like track work you know with you know a lot of explosive weight work and all that has helped me so much that's cool and it's it's just you know it's part of the reason why i love i've loved being here in nashville because it's just i did so much more to my um to my workouts and has made me a, a better fighter and person in general yeah, yeah I, I like the idea too of creativity being also how you structure w the discipline and the activity and the regimen of what you're doing yeah like there's just so many different things to experiment with and try and see how it feels or what yes, the yield exactly. is and it's your kind of your own science experiment exactly yeah. exactly so but keep I mean, be careful though there's a <laughs> there's a bit of art in everything i mean there literally is like a lot of art in everything you know mm -hmm. in life you just have to look for it if people want to find you online uh, where should they find you on social media so i'm on um my ha uh, my handle instagram is assassination mm -hmm. like it's kind of like you know assassination so it's assassin well it's kind of like, i just try to keep, <laughs> keep the word as one but it's assassin Assassination, underscore nation, and right. it's kind of like I'm trying to create like a a flowing where it's like you know it's a cool it's a cool yeah, assassination. I mean, some people that I've that's your, mentioned that's it, you think it's corny, but I mean, come I think on. it's cool, man. I'm yeah, in the assassination. Yeah. I'm a yeah, proud ex citizen. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, so that's what I'm trying to build a flowing, and then you know the African assassin. Yeah. When you're yeah. a fan, it's like yeah, you're part of the assassination. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, that's great, man. <laughs> people want to be a part of it, and that's. I think I, I hope that you know that that's the goal. That's why I work hard every day to build something that uh -huh. people are proud to associate themselves with. Yeah, and that's why you know I strive for it every day. Work hard. I to think. Build it. I think that there's something so. I know you've had this, Joe, in your life. Uh, I've had this, and I know that you've had this. Just when when you have 
genuine, caring, legitimate people that understand what you're doing yes. and how hard it is and support you through it. Yes. And let you be down on it, you know, or, you know, all of those things and, you know, support you. Um, you feel that, that support behind you over time. So now you've got, you've got two more uh people um not not well, joe and i no i'm just kidding i'm talking about joe the and two I. people who have listened to this podcast yeah. no no i'm talking about, I'm talking about joe and i uh, yes. because, uh, like you know I, i'm in man so thank you we're, we're, we're yeah. proud members of the assassination i really appreciate that yeah. before, before we go like i also wanted to say is there a place where somebody can contact you if they're interested in training should are you open to, to taking on more students at this um, time um, yeah, I always try to find a way to make it. It's really like difficult at this point in time. But I, I like my um, Tuesdays and Thursdays are like days where I get a little bit more freedom. So mm -hmm. yes, it could work. And usually, like you know, my Instagram page, it's pretty easy to reach out to me on there. And I usually cool. always respond to like everybody. So that's cool. the best place to ask a question yeah, or yeah. send a message. Okay, yeah, great. Yeah, and then Facebook, it's my name, but it's Facebook and Instagram, and mm -hmm. that's it. Assassination on Instagram. And that's people it. only care about Instagram anyway. Yeah, so let's exactly. just get with it. Let's <laughs> right. just get with it. Man, it was super honored, and, and it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for being Thank here. Thank you. I've really enjoyed being here myself, and I really appreciate the, you know, the but she needs to to get her you know like yeah. to be on this platform and i really really appreciate the consideration yeah since joe any, any parting words uh no thanks for listening and uh we've got some other people uh booked we've tried to get a little bit ahead on our booking so uh, we got some, some more guests coming things. up yeah we've yeah. got some really exciting things coming up so uh, stay tuned all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> appreciate it fellas thank you all right <laughs>